Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast. We're excited to share this midweek conversation with you as T. Hamilton sits down with Pastor Jerry Hendricks. If you would like to subscribe, find us on iTunes or go to fbcsweetwater.org. Hello, welcome to our midweek conversation with First Baptist Sweetwater, where we strive to be the first responders of God's love. I'm interim pastor Jerry Hendricks, along with my former associate, T. Hamilton. I can still be an associate. Yeah, but I said my former associate. I mean, we're not associates anymore. Maybe we are. Yeah, we are. Okay, good We're still getting checks from the same place. Good point. At what point are you going to start calling me assistant to the interim pastor? (laughs) Uh, in next week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first podcast as interim pastor, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. It's your second podcast as interim pastor? Midweek podcast, yeah. Okay. Yeah, last week was your first one. I sit corrected. That's all right. Anyways, <laughs> thank you. So we're two in. <laughs> well, I, actually, I've not assumed any role as associate pa- as interim yet, have I? I mean, you seem to be doing it. <laughs> Stop it. You're doing a podcast. That's part well, of good. it. So that's what I want to talk about. Should we start about. over or are we so, good to go? <laughs> so so that's, uh, that's what I want to talk about this morning. We want to talk about our strategic future. Oh, okay. Uh, we've been working on uh, how the transition of, of uh, leadership uh, occurs in our church. Uh, I know that all of us have if we've been a part of church life for any period of time we all kind of have our own experiences or thoughts about that right. our church has uh, a loosely structured policy i mean it's enough uh, there's some tracks there to, mm-hmm. to put the train on right. but uh because of the church restructured so much through the last interim uh there's a really a, a much smoother pathway to right. how these decisions are made and so um one of the things that had been occurring uh, in our leadership meetings uh, over the last six months or so was just the uh, discussion uh, and sharing information about the reality of what uh, searching for a pastor in the Baptist church looks like now mm-hmm. uh, in yeah. today's culture. Now, part of that culture is uh, post-COVID. Mm-hmm. Part of it is something that uh, uh, those who are researching it still can't seem to find uh uh, point a finger, put a finger on what exactly is is causing this mm-hmm. downturn. Uh, some of it could be there are a lot of boomer aged pastors, and right. the next step for them would be retirement. Uh, uh, mental health issues has become uh, a major concern, and so all these things have worked together uh, to uh, to kind of blur the the path of actually uh, the normal path that we would take hmm. uh, in finding a pastor. And so we no longer have logs in seminary. Right, that's we, tragedy. No, yeah, we no longer have uh, a local association. Right. And so the nearest uh, agency we have are a seminary in, at Truett, which is a part of Baylor. Right. And then also an area rep which who lives in Midland and has covers from basically... Sweetwater to El Paso and then south. Oh, that's not a very big area. And so it's, um, plus the fact that there are several Baptist churches in our area right now that are looking for pastors. So uh, in trying to to process this, um, 
and, and information and things that I'd learned at the annual meeting and then also reading reports that were published in, in the Baptist Standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started talking about this in deacon's meeting, in deacon's meeting more than church council, I think. Right. But uh, beginning around Labor Day, I wanted us as a church or our church leadership to be aware that this was not something that is just automatic anymore. Right. And uh, so... Uh, Anyways, we kind of continued that conversation from meeting to meeting, and then uh, so uh, I retired, uh, made my announcement to them in January, and at that time I said, because I, you know, because I have retired and am available, we can continue to keep things going uh, with me serving in the interim role, and so that's how we kind of got to where we are now. Right. And by keeping things running, my, my basic responsibilities are preaching on Sundays in the rhythm that we've had for eight years, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, also leading any other special services that uh, that might need to take place. And then I write the content and then help you do this podcast every week. Right. So, anyways. Yeah. The landscape has definitely changed. You and I talked about, well, we were both at Potosi as right. youth ministers at different uh, eras. Um, but I remember Ginger Faircloth over there. Mm-hmm. She told me that early on, probably 50s, 60s, 70s, they saw themselves as a church where young pastors coming out of Hardin-Simmons could train for two years while they're going to school, and then they can go on to the next church. They can go on to a bigger church, whatever. That's just what they saw their role as. That tells you how many were coming out, that they never had a problem. You look at their wall of fame, and every two oh, years yeah. they had a new pastor, and it was coming out of Hardin-Simmons, and they were helping them and training them. And that's totally changed now well and and another thing that's happened is the financial (coughs) structure of our church has changed right Uh, we have over the last three years continually uh, decreased our budget Mm -hmm. Uh, and this year feel like we have a solid uh, strategic plan on how we go about budgeting right but uh, it's all always now from now on it'll be based on previous years giving right and uh, so uh, anytime you see a deficit in that's reported in our program, that's an indication of we're losing ground. If it's mm. if, if it's a deficit, that means next year's budget is going to be cut again by that amount. Right. And so, um, you know, because when I came here, we had three full time staff members, mm-hmm. uh, a three quarter time secretary, and now we have most. Well, you and I were the only full time, right. and then all the other roles that we have are part time roles. Right. And so, um, anyways, but that's that's kind of where we are. Because and the other thing that I brought to the deacons was that you know where our church previously probably could have gotten somebody who's in their second or third church, and it's still been a good move for them. Now you're probably finding someone who's coming straight out of youth ministry, hmm. uh, and uh, that's you know in in my network of youth ministers. Uh, that that has been repeated uh, a number of times, right. uh, or we've seen that scenario repeated a number of times, and some of them uh, moving into s- larger churches than this. Right. And I think oh, again that has to do with the scarcity of pastors. of people who are looking at being uh, pastors of churches. So, right. Um, we are we are fortunate. I think we have a good process and a good way to approach this, but. Uh, and some good people that we'll have on a committee soon. Yeah. Two, two words you said several times, process and strategic. Mm-hmm. 
that changes the landscape of what we're doing also. I remember um, just going through that process at previous churches. There wasn't always an outline because in Baptist life, the -hmm. church is independent from the denomination. Um, It's that flipped upside down. So there's not a specific outline of, hey, do this, 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 this. A lot of times the church is searching and trying to go, but we do have a strategic process that we're working on. Well, and and two of the things that I brought up to you was, uh, one, have you ever been through an interim where the attendance didn't dip? No. And so that's one reality. The second is, uh, would... If we were to guess, if we were to ask our, our congregation or individuals to guess on how long they thought the interim might be, uh, that would be an interesting number as well. Because mm-hmm. generally, what, what, from what I'm hearing from uh, uh, denominational leaders is that you're looking at a minimum of 18 months. Right. Uh, <clears throat> now, I don't, I don't think, I think because we've been strategic and been taking certain steps on this since last fall, mm-hmm that I, th- I think that time will be shortened for us. Right. But um, it's, it's still the, the current reality mm-hmm. uh, of what it looks like for a church to be on these, this kind of search now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that was a part of with me maintaining everything, uh, all of the primary roles, uh, except for uh, the office stuff and admin stuff that I did. Mm-hmm. That way we can continue uh, to to capture the momentum we have and I think lead us into a better place uh, once we find somebody. And you still doing what you're doing takes a load off of myself and Lisa. Right, that's, you know, so that's something that, uh, <coughs> you know, because we don't have a three-quarter time secretary, mm-hmm. that stuff falls on us. And right. so I had a certain role within that. And uh, yeah, if, if I had, that stuff had to be done and it would, those kinds of things would have to roll over to st- current current staff, right? Which means you are uh, add additional stuff to Lisa, right? So, and then that's not fun. Yeah, adding more stuff. Well, and then so that, again, a part of the strategic piece is that you a, and a part of the hope that I think we will have through the momentum is is the team will be able to focus on the task, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And then the other thing was, and, and this I don't think we've said in in any place yet is that we're coming at this from a place of health. Right. Yeah. So normally an interim would, when they came in, they would have to, they would have the responsibility of helping the church clean up certain things mm-hmm. that need to be changed or, or done. Y'all did a deep dive last time and uh, it's, it has worked. Right. And you know, there's nothing, there's a few things probably that ought to be addressed and the teams uh, will have an opportunity to address those. Mm-hmm. But you don't really need to bring in someone who's an expert uh, to address those issues. Yeah, like it was said this week, I don't remember a time that a pastor got a standing ovation when leaving. Hmm. And at your ministry celebration two Sundays well, I ago. I talked to some of those pastors they and they felt it. like they got one. <laughs> okay, true. Um, but it was interesting that, I mean, that's a, a sad statement. But I think a lot of churches are that way that you don't have a lot of times where you can celebrate a ministry like we're able to yeah. um, and and be able to say, this is a good thing. Well, I, uh, I believe it's good for our church yep. uh, or I wouldn't have done that. And that's kind of been at the forefront of my mind ever, ever since I came over here. But anyways, we want to cover, uh, I, when I first told Teek about this episode, I wanted to make sure that we talked about our strategic future. Uh, you can, if you have questions, uh, you can talk to people on church council uh, and then ultimately through our uh, 
pastor search team. And so they're developing some good process for them also mm -hmm. as they begin to meet. So anyways, um, we're podcasting early. Right. Prior to your sermon uh, <clears throat> that you're going to be preaching. So again, a part of this transition is we felt like that we needed closure to my tenure. So we had a party, mm -hmm. a really good party. And good food. And good food. Great food. Uh, then I'll step away for a couple of weeks. Uh, you'll take the reins, and then I'll step back in following that and in the interim pastor role. Right. And so uh, there will be Sundays where I'm gone, and we'll have guest speakers come in, and probably people that we've already had come in mm -hmm. that are good and reliable for us. Um, but you'll be preaching. Yeah, so... A Linton A Linton, a Linton one, yeah. which is really fun. Um, it, we're, we use lectionary for the, those passages and uh, talking about Nicodemus, also known as Nick at Night. I told you I was going to use it over and over again. I've heard him refer to people. as Nicodemus. Nicodemus, nice. Yeah. I won't, that's it, never mind. Um, <laughs> so a lot of what happens in that story that we ignore sometimes is the darkness. Because mm -hmm. John plays on dark and light a lot with symbolism because he's writing not just a gospel but a theology when he writes. And so he uses those symbols uh, to illustrate the spiritual place of the people in the story also. And so going at it from that angle and talking about our own spiritual darkness because Nicodemus, you know, if he was 70 years old, he was the teacher of mm -hmm. Israel. And so he still didn't understand his religion had clouded his relationship. Mm -hmm. And so he was in the darkness and Jesus was that light that he actually knew to go to and to talk to and uh, it changed his life. And so we're going to talk about that. John 3, John 3.16 isn't just for the unbeliever. Right. It's for the believer also. Well, good. It's, and I'm glad that you're getting to preach a sermon that's in our rhythm. Yes. Rather than, <clears throat> that is fun. And we've not done that. I mean, you haven't preached a lot, but it's always been meaningful. And by that, Teak and I know that a lot of churches, the only time the youth minister gets to preach is when right. is on those holidays when uh, very few strong. people are here and the pastor wants to be gone. So. Yeah, we call it Youth Minister Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Usually it's after Christmas. It's after Easter. It's, it's those Memorial days Day weekend. Low. Memorial Day weekend. It's the one where everybody's gone. Yeah. And the, the, the few faithful that are there probably just dread it but that is and that's not just us that talk about that that is a youth oh, ministry yeah. commentary that i see in all the groups i'm in on facebook they're youth ministers they'll say oh preaching this sunday and then all of a sudden it's boom 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 120 comments of people saying oh yeah i'm preaching i'm preaching because it's common it's kind of like that oh pastor's going to take a vacation so let's dump it on the youth minister yeah. for that day <laughs> that's so true well i know it'll be great and our folks will uh, uh enjoy getting to hear you and uh, our choir will be singing Mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, we'll, we'll have some. We'll have some, yeah. yeah. They will have heard me by the time this drops. recording this, yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's going to be fun, and glad our church has the opportunity to hear you and to go through that. And thanks for getting us kicked off uh, on the first Lenten message, even though it's the second Sunday of Lent. Right. And then the next week, or this Sunday, I guess, coming up, you're going to be preaching on the woman at the well, and those two stories, Nicodemus and yeah. woman at the well, together are just really cool. Yeah. So John did a good job writing the gospel. I kind of understand why uh, I made he's, it in the Bible. He's definitely fun to read. <laughs> definitely fun to read when it comes his turn to uh, emerge in the lectionary. Right. So, anyways, thank you all for joining us for our midweek podcast. Uh, again, if you have any questions about things that are going on, just ask, and uh, church council uh, can have some answers for you. We look forward to seeing you uh, with us uh, next Sunday, ten thirty a.m. And you have a great week. See you.